0: This is Talking Devils Manchester United podcast. I'm your host Wayne Barton. I'm joined as usual by former Manchester United defender Paul Parker. Good morning, Paul. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you, Wayne. Good morning to you as well. I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, um, or oh, good evening, good afternoon, <laughs> wherever you're listening to in the world at the moment. Um, yeah, we said it last week. Oh, what a rare thing! United have got two wins for us to talk about, but they've gone and done it again. I can't believe it. Um, one thing last week um, Obviously there's some some great things to talk about this week But one thing I did want to start off with saying Is the the cautionary note that we started with on last week's podcast uh, Sorry, started with We were talking about with the, the Norwich City game And we were saying he's made eight changes um, It's not the best kind of squad to be able to make eight changes with You know, you're going to be taking a bit of a chance But... When a manager is vindicated, when his team wins and they play well, especially as they started against Brighton, because I'll say this from the start, I looked at that and I thought, Luke Shaw, Harry Maguire, I'm not sure they should be starting against Brighton because they played the full game against um, against Norwich. But United started really well. They did what I thought that they would do against Norwich. You know, win the game early and then make the changes. Um, so I wanted to sort of give the props to Ollie for that and say, you know, <laughs> you've proved me wrong I'm happy for you to say that uh, happy for you to have done that um, and he did the right thing in the end um, Paul, the game against Brighton especially considering the way that we've we've played there the last two seasons and, you know, they've outfought us down there they, they've looked a lot better than us they've looked more vibrant than us I think and maybe the crowd, I, I did feel a little bit sorry for Brighton and I have done more than most teams because of the fact that you know they don't have the crowd there and it might have an impact on their uh, relegation struggle. But you can only judge on what, what you're seeing and, and United played with much more verve, much more positivity, much more aggression from the start. Um, how impressed were you particularly with that 1st half performance?
1: Well, first of all, <coughs> I don't really feel sorry for Brighton. <laughs> because they're one of the first clubs who started whinging about football, football coming back and they were finding all the best excuses why they didn't want football to come back. And now they're mostly very, very happy football's come back because it's come back and they know that they're going to be in the Premier League next season. You know, that's what it boils down to with them. So they tried their best to get out of it and tried to save themselves from getting relegated. But things have worked out from they've, they've done okay to a point but they're not going to get relegated i think we have to come out and say but going back to manchester united i would say that all that was a really good all-round performance in certain ways it was definitely that what you look for as an aside attack and you look at a few individuals as well and it, and it was very very good at a place where united just haven't really shown up and i think we have to look at that and say a lot of that might have been down to maybe a few individuals who weren't in the right mind some was some individuals had actually corrected themselves and are still there playing and playing well in that Manchester United team. And there's mostly players who, who didn't play in them maybe in the last two occasions who aren't playing regularly or are not at the club anymore. So things have definitely stepped forward and, and Oli has managed to turn things around in the right fashion in that sense really and go into places where United were always expected to win. And they weren't doing it. So that's a, that, that, will, that makes a big, big difference on the points you collect. And when you look at the points that United have collected this season, and when you look at the points which they didn't collect, you look at some of the places where they were lost and the games at Old Trafford, you have to say to yourself that United weren't right at that given time. Because you put the two together, those, um, the results and the performances in those games, you knew that United weren't right now when you do it. United are definitely better because I've always said it and you've heard me many times United aren't just about winning games there's a it's about a fashion to which they win those games, and people are starting to see that swagger again
0: yeah they were they were very good and you mentioned some of the changes I just wanted to go through some of the players who played in um the the last game we played where you know we capitulated in the first half um Ashley young Eric by Fred. Pereira, Lingard, Mata Lukaku, Fellaini. A lot of those guys who you know, some of them are still at the club. Um not, you know, some of them have done well as well and you know turned it around, uh, but you can see a clear change in emphasis in in the way mm. that um he's done uh, done things. Um the game really and we'll talk about him a little bit later on, but Mason Greenwood, um fantastic goal that he scored. Um where he, it's becoming his sort of trademark, isn't it? That little shimmy. And he's able to do this thing where he he can cut the ball back (coughs) at the near post or put it across the goalkeeper. More often than not, it seems he's doing it at the near post, but you still think that he's clever enough to trick the keeper and send it the other way as well. Um, United needed a breakthrough. I honestly thought as well, I was saying about the changes, you know, Shaw and Maguire might not have started. I thought that uh, Greenwood... They'd, they'd been a big clamour for him to play in the games, and he'd obviously played against Norwich and he'd played against um, Sheffield United the week before, and he hadn't made a massive impression. So I was thinking, this guy, and I know he's on the 18, but he probably he kind of needed this big statement, um, and obviously goes and scores it, and then he's involved in that um, fantastic third goal as well. Um, was that a game then for you, Paul? Do you think that you've looked at that and think, you know, he's played his way into into the first eleven?
1: It's not about playing his way in. To be honest, I'm, and I've said it again a few times, is that when you get a young player and you and you like him, you give him a little bit of a taste. Is he's had a taste, and it comes to a point where you say to yourself, yeah, I do fancy him. And then you've got to play him, but you have to give him a run and that belief that he's going to play regularly. You have to let him know that certain players need to know that, but they're going to play. They need that preparation. They need it early. And I think he could be one of them. And Oli has allowed him to get on with it and to be involved. And now he's, he's really involved. Now, because he's a Manchester United youngster doing well, the press want to talk about him the press want to write about him playing for England which is for me is awful yeah. it's terrible that they want to do that to a young kid they want to start throwing all this at him given everything that's gone on the most important thing for that boy is to do well in his club and to play regularly when he does and to play regularly for his club that's what that's what he wants to do every fan wants to see that boy doing well but to start throwing up England him is is wrong He's, he's still young and he hasn't he hasn't learnt enough. As we've seen before, the games he's been out, he's disappeared, and we've all had opinions. Well, where is he? We ain't doing this, and we have to accept he's young. There's going to be inconsistencies. There's certain people who can just hit the ground and it run in and it goes incredible. Wayne Rooney comes to mind for England. It just went, but he's not in that same. Wayne. He hasn't maybe had that kind of lifestyle that Wayne had as a kid growing up, being in, in that kind of situation where things had to happen. He, had to, he, had a, he He's growing up different to what Wayne mostly did. and So he, he takes that little bit more time. And now straight away, other people are trying to rush it through and put him under even more pressure. And as you can see, I think he's a little bit more relaxed. You don't get much when you look at him. He's got a card player's face. Yeah, and the way he plays the game doesn't show anything and to be honest there's nothing in a a player the way he plays there's nothing wrong with that you can see that people might throw up about the way Martial is but he's a completely different animal to Martial you you see a lot more I've seen a lot more in his games already than maybe I've seen in 20 games in Martial Yeah.
0: yeah
1: in just the way he plays you just believe that there's something there but more importantly you know that he wants to try and do something you know that he wants to win a game you know he wants to play well that's the difference in him that I see compared to Martial so where he's going to be his best position no one knows but at the moment he's wandering across that front line and every time he gets the ball and he's got a bit of space around him in the final third now everybody is expecting something to happen and normally I would come out and say he's the kind of player who would get fans off their seats well, the to be honest, the fans are getting off their settees at this moment in <laughs> yeah, time. So, for that. yeah, yeah. So it's a, so it's a bit different, but it's great that now United are getting that. Where prior to Oli, they wasn't getting that at all. Really, they wasn't getting anywhere near that because people in the end were kind of not wanting to get up because they was worried about the disappointment that was going to follow next. Now there's that little bit of belief again, which is something compared to the last few years. So which and they 're looking around it, but it 's not just about one individual there 's others as well, and collectively, everything has has moved on immensely from what it was prior to Ollie being manager, and even times when he become manager when it was difficult for him to get what he wanted because the people around didn 't want it as much as him he 's changed it, he has completely changed it it 's the same book, but at a moment in time there 's a different story being written
0: absolutely and. I think that was sort of reflected in the third goal at Brighton where Maguire heads it out, Matiches this pass, um, Greenwood racing down the left and crosses it for Fernandez. All of those you think are sort of little factors that we've got from Oli being in charge. Obviously the signings are uh, the the obvious ones bookending that goal. You've got Maguire heading it out and Fernandez scoring it. But you've got the um, desire to give Matic another chance and to keep him in the team, um, and then you've got the, the giving Greenwood a chance and keeping him in the side as well. These are all things that Ollie's done, which perhaps haven't been done under previous managers um, in the way that you know it's been done in this circumstance, for example. Um, and it was a thrilling goal as well, the third goal. And Now, you've got Gary Neville jumping out straight afterwards and sort of saying, Oh, it's just like the Arsenal goal. Uh, the goals that we scored against Arsenal on the break a couple, um, maybe about ten years ago now, maybe even longer than that. But um, then you've got the comparisons, and apparently this goal was like a fraction of a second quicker um, than than those goals. I still think, um, Paul, as, as much as you know, I, I did. You, don't get me wrong. I'm thrilled by the goal and thrilled by everyone who played the part in it. I just look at it and I think, please don't say things like that. Let this team develop in their own way. That that team was the best in Europe at the time. They do not need these kind of comparisons, um, especially someone like Greenwood, who you know the club are looking at and they're thinking, "Oh my God, this is you know a player that we haven't seen since the likes of Whiteside or or Hughes." You know that kind of domestic, um, homegrown striker impact. Um, the way that he, even Ryan, in a way, you know, the, there's so many players that you're going to compare him to because of the, the breakthrough that he had. So you, you can get excited, um, but I think that if you start going over the top, and I don't want to be that person who says, don't get carried away, but when you look at a goal as good as it was, the third goal against Brighton, you just want to enjoy it for what it was, don't you? You don't want to be saying, oh, it's, it's just like that Arsenal goal that we scored.
1: Well, I think if Nev wasn't working for Sky and maybe chasing headlines, he'd mostly be a bit different than maybe being a bit like you, Wayne, to be honest, really, and not going too overboard because it can change quite a bit. and it, Or it can put a load of pressure on the young players we've seen already with the statements about him playing for England. And he doesn't need that at this moment in time. It was. It was a great goal. The only thing I would say is, which would the most obvious one, is it's a goal which you'll turn around and say, that's Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Uh, at all eras in all decades that was a Manchester United goal that was the kind and they had the kind of players who could do that that was something that people were were saying they they wanted to see during since the time Sirax left they wanted to see goals like that and United playing like that kind of off the cuff it's something that you talk about but it's off the cuff and it just when it happens it looks so good and and it and it did the way it happened and it for me, yeah, that's Manchester United, and you get on with it. But people haven't seen it, so the moment it does happen, people want to jump up and down and add it on to what's happened before and looking at situations. And before we, if, this car- if this carries on as it is the way they're going in this, in the, in this lockdown league and they'll end up winning the lockdown league, um, someone's going to come out and say that Manchester United can win the league next season. Someone's going, to, someone's going to want to say that because it's going to be, I told you first, I said it, because of the fact of they're looking at their form, no one's going to look at the big points difference, everyone's going to look at it as it is now and the way teams are playing now and say that United can compete if they win the league. That's what someone's going to want, going to, want to say. it. I don't know if they're really going to believe it, but that's what they're going to want to say, judging as things are now. It's a, it's a big call to come and say that because common sense says you have to look at the points difference, ask the questions why Manchester United ended up as they are so far behind. But on the other side of it, you look at the way things are, and you look how they're how they're tailing off, and it does give it does, you know, make you think. Hold on a minute here. They are they are better than when they started the season. They are better than what they were up till Christmas. So you say to yourself. They definitely can bring that points, that points difference down by a great big difference, over 50%. Yeah. It's
0: this is what it is. I mean, they've mm. done so well. And let, while we're talking about the sort of apprehensive aspects of United at the moment, let's talk about the Bournemouth game because there are a couple of shaky moments in there. Um, obviously, the first goal didn't look great. But the way that I've described this in my write-up for the website poll is that few goals are scored without some kind of defensive imperfection. And and sure, you know what? It doesn't look good on Maguire. He's cut out. It doesn't look good on De Gea the first goal. So you look at it and you think, Oh yeah, could have done better and everyone's ready to sort of damn damn those players and say, you know, it's another mistake from De Gea and it's a reason for why Maguire's not good enough at that level. Those arguments may be right in time, but the way that I also look at it is that United have still got one of the best defensive records in the league. Teams will score goals against us, especially when you're playing with five committed attacking players. That's the risk that Ollie's is taking. i do not saying that he's forgiving the defensive mistakes, but what I'm saying is you're going to see a few more of those because of the commitment that Ollie's making to attack, and surely that's what we want to see, rather than the other way around. Um, so, I mean, obviously, you've got the Maguire thing, and then he, um, Ollie brings on Eric Bayer off time and <laughs> it's a disastrous first five minutes, really. Um, before we talk about all the good, let's just dwell a little bit on the, the bad. What do you think of that? Do you think I'm being too generous to them by saying, you know, these things happen?
1: I think Maguire has made some, not, he's made some not so good mistakes, they're not good on the eye, they're blatantly obvious of what his weaknesses are, I think some of his weaknesses now are coming up and what people thought they were good about his ability, what he, what he does on the ball, people are starting to say, hold on a minute, is, 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 this as, is he as good as what people say they are, as what we thought he was, and I think the answer to that maybe in a certain way is no, if you want an out and out, if you want somebody who's actually is a centre half by definition, and the fact of the way the person looks, he's a centre half. There's no, there's no buts about it. He he has to be a centre half. There's no other position for him. But I think we're just seeing a little bit too much where he's going to have to get back and play the game simple. Yeah, he's trying desperately hard to play from the back, and it it just does It's just not going to happen all the time for him. He's just. He goes on that left, and I keep saying it, but he has to play on the right. So if he is in a little bit of trouble, he can escape on his right side. And maybe if he has to, use his left. But while he's on that left-hand side, he gets in that position. He's putting himself under so much pressure. And I don't think United at the moment are a team that you want to play too often from, from the baseline or from the edge of the six-yard box. It puts, puts David De Gea under immense pressure. He doesn't, he's not comfortable doing it on a few occasions. He went long because he wasn't comfortable giving it to him. And I make him right doing that because it will fall back on him. Someone will find a reason to blame him for it like they did the goal. The goal was Maguire being beaten like that on the byline is, is awful. I'm sure United won, but I like to think that he had a sleepless night thinking about what happened to him on that byline. 'Cause he you know, he got absolutely mangled by Stanislas. Absolutely mangled. Do I blame De Gea for the goal? No, I'm coming out and saying it's a great finish. What's wrong in a goalkeeper conceding a, a, a goal at a near post? It's an old adage now, it's one that's moved on. If the goalkeeper lets the ball in a near post, goalkeeper's fault. Why? What about the fault of Maguire? He got put in that position in an area where, is it, if he puts it, if it goes straight across the front of him along the six-yard box, is everyone going to come out and blame him for that? That He should have dealt with that and got out there and maybe flicked it away with his foot or something because we were praising him before, the way he uses his feet. Mm. But everyone is quick to jump on the back of him. People have short memories. They have to remember what that man gave Manchester United. First of all, he, got, he won them a Europa League with a, you know, with some of the saves he was making for a poor team to win it, and then he got him into the Champions League, prior to being in Europa League, yeah. The season, so he, he's done immense, and people are forgetting. They want to knock him ever. Oh, United to go and do something. They need a goalkeeper. They need a top goal. He's a top goalkeeper, and maybe in his mind, and I've said this just recently a few times, maybe he's not comfortable playing in front of the back four. He's not comfortable. Playing with him, he doesn't feel assured, and it's affecting his mind in certain situations about the people in front of him. The same as people would question players about they're not comfortable or reasons why. Look at Pogba, and I think I said it before. Why, why, why All of a sudden, you know, people are questioning Pogba. Well, yes, there was a problem with maybe in his head, but it could be a lot of that as well. Be. He's, he doesn't trust the people around him. He doesn't think they're good enough. He thinks he should be playing with better players than what he is at a club like Manchester United. Yeah, no,
0: I don't you think it's fair. All, Everyone, all that, a lot of yeah. people always say that, don't they? About the the defenders, can they trust the goalkeeper? But yeah, mm. it, it works absolutely. Just of course it does. Of
1: course it does. So I tell you what, if if things had come out during my time or anything, and we had Big Pete behind us, I'm quite sure that people would have looked at the players around Big Pete and questioned him. No one was going to question Big Pete's ability. Mm. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to do it. And he's in that again. The goal. When, the, when Maguire gets done in a by, byline, no one says, drop him, that's rubbish. But he's the one who started the problem. He's, and he was the major problem in that goal. But the moment the ball goes in, it's straight away, it's David De Gea. It's his fault because it's in the net. What about it being, prior to getting in the net, you have to look through every line and say to yourself, could it have been stopped? Yeah. How, how could that have been stopped that situation but we go straight to the horse's mouth and we blame the goalkeeper because it's gone in at the near post and goalkeepers when he goes in, it's always their fault what about the striker what a great finish using the eyes thinking that he's going to go he's going to square it across the six yard box he's going to pull it back to someone on the penalties spot there's, there's, there's three things there the goalkeeper's got to think about which, which one is going to go and so, somewhere he's got to adjust his body and be in a position to maybe try and deal with all three.
0: Yeah, and remember, unlucky. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt, Paul, but exactly that same goal was scored by Martial against Watford. Yeah. Um, and everyone was praising Martial for scoring the goal of the month. Um, and that was a few before the break, wasn't it? So. Um, well, I mean, people are going to be listening to this thinking, "Oh my God, we've won two games." we have got to start talking about the positive aspect of it, but I, th- I think, yeah, it's good to talk about the, the sort of imperfections. But one thing that we've um, probably one thing we were talking about before the the enforced um, break as well was the um, well the Burnley game at home, where we looked at, at our inability to respond in that game, and probably because of the you know lack of a player like Fernandez, and you thinking, where can they get that motivation from? now I'm not saying it's a good thing to let in goals but considering how well United have played since the restart I think it was good for them to get a little bit of a shock and to say well what are you made of now what I was really impressed with Paul is the fact that they answered everything emphatically before half time they didn't need Oli to give them a rocket so you've got Greenwood and well maybe the, you could say that the fight back was led by Fernandes and Greenwood um the way that we came back into the game. I know that that might be giving a disservice to Martial and Rashford, but they were really the ones who sort of inspired the turnaround. But that's the the biggest thing to take from the game. I know we're going to talk about the quality in the second half, but the character to fight back on their own resilience was, for me, the biggest takeaway on Saturday. Um, how did you see that?
1: Well, I look at the bit when the... Um, <coughs> I look at the... The first break, I don't, know what you, I don't know what we should call it now, because it could be part and parcel of the game. Should we call it the first quarter break? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm scared to say that, because somewhere along the line, I'm sure the Premier League and Sky are going to try and throw, it, throw in that break all the time, I'm sure. It doesn't make sense to me why they're doing it. It doesn't make any sense. If someone people come out and say it's July, everyone was expecting the sun, regular hot and everything, somewhere along the line, I think they should maybe ask the players if they want that because it's affecting some teams by the way when you look at what's going on with team's possession and you look at the the way some teams come out of it because after ollie you did if you saw it did you see ollie's face through that moment did you see the way he was what he his face was he was angry he was fuming from that goal absolutely fuming and he said a few things to Harry Maguire and it was it was really short and sharp it was he looked I wish I could lip read or something but he was you look at his face and what he was coming out of his mouth and he wasn't he wasn't talking to anybody he was talking at yeah. and to be honest I saw I saw a person doing that before in similar situations coming to the touchline and you was never going to um, <coughs> speak back that just said you listen and deal with it and that's what he said, that's what he, he did during that break, there was no going up and going around and talking to him, trying to rally him, he just come down, said what he had to say, and as he's walking back, he's still speaking, and that's the, and that was like virtually saying, now you do what I'm saying, and don't even think about talking back to me, because whatever it is, I'm right, you're wrong, and that's how he talked, and, that's, and that, was a, that was Sir Alex, in the way he'd done it, everything was like that, and I could see it, and he he spoke more to, he said a more to Maguire than anything, because it, I think that, that bothered him. That really bothered him, what he saw in that first bit. And yes, they did, they did improve, and they did come back from a, a start, which the way they play the ball around initially, and the, people might think to themselves, oh no, you're being picky here. But they passed that ball around, and I'm doing that game, and I'm, and I'm turning around and saying, great, they're playing with confidence, but they're playing with no purpose. Yeah. They're playing because they, straight away they've gone to that pitch and everyone was saying talking, how many it was going to be. That was a talking everywhere. United are going to win by so many going to do this. My thought was, <clears throat> no, I don't believe that's going to happen. If it's going to happen, you have to make it happen. United have to be better than what they were in their previous game and really want to win rather than, rather than believing it's going to win. They had to want to make it win in that first 20 minutes or so. They didn't really, well, until the goal. They didn't really want to win. They felt it was just going to happen. It never happens in football. It doesn't matter how well you're playing the week before. Someone can just come, come, come along and take it away from you. Look at Man City. Scored, scored four. Maybe could have been five against Liverpool. Come back, bang. They go and lose one-nil away. How many people had Southampton to go? On, sorry, Southampton to win that game. Not many. Because everyone saw City and thought, no, they're going to finish the season unbeaten, they're going to go and prove a point. Bang, it's all gone. It's collapse for them. And that's another, that's, that, was an, that was like them virtually realising they weren't going to win the league. It was a massive kick in the, in the rude spot for them losing that game. A massive pep is on a massive downer. So when they'd done that, United, and that goal, it woke up a few. He it certainly, it certainly the manager was awake. He was there watching it and he said a few sharp words. And they suddenly realised they've got to go and do something here up against a poor side with fighting back. And bang, they'd done it, got themselves in a good position. He makes a substitution at half time. I, I haven't seen anywhere why he made that substitution, Main, Why did Lindelof go off?
0: I think it was to give by some time, um, you know, because of the fact that we were two goals up. Um, maybe Lindelof had a knock as well but I didn't see anything for why he should have been brought off um, he, didn't, well, he, well, he certainly didn't struggle in the first half with an injury
1: well I mean I think myself sometimes it, you do things like that unless it's maybe if he bought by on as a sub it might be more eased in rather than coming on directly after half time to get into the sink sink of trying to get into a game a game that's already a little bit of a pattern because the first thing he had to do was try and control the ball Matic's worst pass of the day <laughs> around his throat and to be honest nine times out of ten where that ball hit him in the, in a normal game of football but now football is at normal now because of VAR and Playing, it, playing in July as well, is that it's giving him handball when it's virtually hit him on his actual shoulder, actually on the, on the bone, on the knobble. It's him. On his sh- and, and because it's made of the, a bit of it might have touched the top of his forearm, that's handball. And it was not intention. It was trying to control the ball. But when you look at him, you say to yourself, I'll tell you what, given how that ball was hit and where it was going to, you should, maybe you should have just let that go and hope that De Gea, David De Gea could have got across and, and maybe caught it on his chest or done something with it and then you could have, both of you given Matic a dirty look and you could have moved on, but it could have, a better team, it could have re-enlightened them because I'm saying, I said at half time, I said, the only thing Bournemouth can do is maybe come out, try and, try and just weather a storm and see if they can nick a goal as early as possible, but they're going to have to weather a storm when United come out and to be honest, they got given it without a storm. They got given a goal, and you think, hold on a minute here, this could change. But lucky enough, the players were still still wanting to prove a point, and they went and took the game away from Bournemouth. That game could have finished 7-5. Seven, seven, yeah. Could have finished 7-5 with the opportunities around and what the referees disallowed and, and what's gone on. It's, it's, it's got, it, that game was silly. It's everything about in that game that told you the correct side won the game, in certain bits, the manner in which they won it, you think, course, oh, well, that wasn't good. But everything tells you how united, how well they've been playing and they're scoring goals. But it tells you everything about VAR at this moment in time. It's not correct. <laughs> it's, it's, um, I was one of those people with VAR coming in. It's going to kill the man in the pub or club having a conversation because everything was everything's going to be correct. It's like American football and even and rug, watching rugby union, rugby league now. The referees, the thing that comes up on the screens and what comes up every time there's never no arguments. Everyone goes, yep, it's black and white. In football, where, you, where it can't be really black and white, there is massive problems going on. Everyone is actually talking about VAR rather than a game. Teams like United are being called Varchester because of it. <laughs> Everyone everyone's thrown up reasons the reason why Man United are winning because VAR's on their side, you know. All, all those things are coming up now for reasons why you're winning. You think yourself, so, Blimey, that's the that's conversation. We're not talking about individual players, great players and this anymore or good teams. We're talking about, oh, you only won because of that. So, so that's the problem. We're not blaming referees. Referees, as Marino was saying the other days, which he—he he was trying to say, "I can't say, I can't say, I don't, you know, I'll be fine, I'll be fine," which he did say anyway. He was having—he said he, he disrespected the referee by saying, "The ref, oh, he's not a referee. He, he's just a man. He's virtually saying he's just a man in the middle of the park. Yeah. He's not running the game. It's other people doing it. So it was disrespect to the referee. He's just, you know, and, and that's and that's what he's gone and done, and that sums him up really. But still, the problem is the man in the middle." hasn't got to say, why, why couldn't the referee, and we all know who he is anyway, I don't want to say his name, because otherwise that means he gets publicity, which he thrives on, is that why couldn't he actually see that himself and go, I'll tell you what, I, th- I believe that's hit him on the, on the Bob. there, no. Why couldn't he go and look at the screen and go and do it? Because by Christ, for three or four minutes, he must have just wanted to go back in the dressing room. He must have felt absolutely... Even though United won that game, again, that's another player who mostly has had a sleepless night. Looking at what happened now. Maguire for being being ripped apart on the byline, and him... First, first touch was off his shoulder bone, stroke forearm, and he gets a penalty against him. Sorry, yeah, he gets, he get, it, yeah, it's a penalty, wasn't it? They give a yeah. penalty against him, and it was by the thickness of a shirt that he was just in. His feet were outside, but his body was in. Yeah. Ridiculous. Already,
0: yeah, it was yeah. ridiculous, yeah, ridiculous, um, yeah. But United's response, Paul, was brilliant, <coughs> um, and Greenwood again leading the charge with that. His second goal uh, reminded me so much of. Um, can you remember it? you were on the pitch, I'm sure you remember, Andre's goal against Oldham in the semi-final in 94, where he dances across the pitch and scores it in, in the top corner. It just reminded me so much of that goal. Um, but uh, aside from the quality of the goal, was like you said in the first half, it was the um, instinct to be proactive and take the, the game by the scruff of the neck and say, you know, we're still in control of this. Um, two great finishes from Greenwood again, and, and you know we said about Brighton being a game which, which was defining for him. This was another massive statement, wasn't it? The quality of the finishes was, was just unbelievable, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. It, it was. It was. It was unreal to be perfectly honest. And, and I'm one of them who kind of look at it. I think myself, well, you know, in a certain way, I think people might realize realize already. I am a skeptic on certain things, and but you have to. When you look at a young player, because there's always talk about young players at United, but there hasn't been young players coming through. There's ones who have had games, but it's just gone to having games. There hasn't been one for a long while who's actually made a massive footprint of intent.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, there's a lot of them who've fluffed around, but he's at the moment he's gone and done that. And mostably, I would come out and say. Would he be the first real one since we talk about the way Ryan Giggs come on? Would, you know, people say, well, about Paul Scholes and all them. Yes, they did, but everyone kind of, in a way, knew about them in a certain way. Yeah. Mason has been around, but he, he hasn't really, he, been, but he's suddenly just moved on. That, that, the lockdown period has made a massive difference to him as a man. He's become more of a man. His body shape has changed for the better. He's got he looks he looks the part. Not that footballers use their physique because they fall down too often to actually to actually prove how strong those muscles are. They look good, but they don't. We don't know how strong they are. But he's kind of made himself so he looks more imposing. So mentally, he's he's young, but he's not a person. When you look at him, go I I can knock you around anymore because he does because he's everything suggests that you can't because he's bulked up. So again, that was intent on his part to want to do it someone can make you say to you, you you've got to do that and put it in front of you but you have to want to do it and he wants to do it so the lad has the lad has come on immensely and he's, he's going to prove <laughs> he's going to prove a massive point and be, become something as you mentioned at the, the top of us doing it and suddenly become a player that United haven't had for ages which is a young player who plays on the front line yeah. when they haven't done that they haven't had that since Ryan, as you mentioned.
0: I think you're absolutely right with that. And I think people will listen to this and say, well, what about Marcus Rashford? What about McTominay? I think the key differences, and you know, like you said, they might say, well, what about Scholes? What about Beckham? What about O'Shea? What about Fletch? It's not the point about the players coming through. In those circumstances, they didn't come in and demand a first-team spot. Even Rashford, he, came, he was brought in because there was an injury to a substitute on the day he was brought in and he was given that chance he wasn't knocking down I, I mean this with all respect to Rashford because I, I think he's evolved and developed into an outstanding player and he sees that opportunity when it came to him much in the same way that Gary Neville did when when you lost your place in the team because of that, because of the injuries it wasn't like he was knocking down the door with reserve team performances um, that the opportunity was there um, for, for him to do that, whereas Ryan Giggs did, he broke into the first team because he couldn't hold him back anymore hmm. and um, that's what Mason's done he's done it in a different way to what Rashford did it, to what McTominay did it and they're just recent examples um, so yeah, absolutely and, and two great goals, Fernandes another fantastic goal as well but maybe um, we should talk a little bit about, about Martial's Paul, because I mean, he scored some good goals for United and quite similar goals to this one but I think this one might be um, the best of the bunch that he scored for United. It was unbelievable, wasn't it? That strike.
1: It was. It was. It was a good strike, but it's come from nowhere because he was nowhere to be seen. Mm. To be perfectly honest, it. You know the one thing that you know that in football is that we keep talking about these people, and every time we come back, but he scored so many goals, and that takes away everything that you kind of were trying to say that he didn't see him, he didn't do this, he, but he scored a goal much in the way of the way I am about Harry Kane I'd like to I want to see Harry Kane you know great that he scores goals and he, he does that and he nicked a goal the other day but when you look, you look at his performance his performance against Manchester United he, he wasn't there yeah. absolutely just a way and people throw with his injury it takes time he has to change that picture because every time he gets injured it's the same story it takes him time to get going but that ain't going to work forever you've got to add you've got to be able to change it and he's not changing it at this moment in time Um, um, Harry Kane but Martial he was out of the game he wasn't really there at all and and that's what everyone is everyone is when he scored that hat-trick no one come out and said great yeah great this and people the first thing in people's minds is what's going to happen in the next game and the game after that in the game are we going to see him again and haven't really seen him since he got that hat-trick until he scored scored that goal and you think so there's unbelievable ability there and I think that's the most frustrating thing for maybe a lot of United fans the real United fans are are kind of going but if he'd done that every week we'd be talking about him in the same breath as Wayne Rooney the same breath as Ronaldo when I was at Manchester United in that and other ones people can throw other names I'm just talking about the ones that come first into my head but he doesn't do it consistently and great players become great players not because of what they do in one game or two games it's what they do consistently and he just does not do it consistently enough with the abilities that he has when you look at the abilities has a certain player comes to mind a french a french player who could play anywhere across that line and he's got the same attributes as that player the difference was that player was consistent week in week out he virtually become a one-man show for one team for, one, you know, for that team. He was a, like a one-man show, but they had great players around him as well, but everyone talked about him because he stuck above them and they all appreciate each other and that was Omri. Mm. He has the same attributes, the pace, the quick feet, the finishing. When, you go, when he gets one-on-one, he's clinical, by the way, as we all know, but he doesn't get in those positions enough. I, I don't see him as an out-and-out centre-forward. I still really believe that if United really want to push on they need to go and get themselves an outstanding or find an outstanding centre forward. One that can maybe face up, but one can, who actually will turn round and will score goals given the opportunities. And, and join in link play, and that, which is part and parcel of what Manchester United have always been about. And they've got two great midfield players in Fernandes and Pogba who want to link, link the game. They've got Matic who, does, who likes playing to a front person as well from a longer distance. But the problem is they haven't got a front player who can do that on a regular basis. But still, United at this moment in time are playing well and winning games of football. So what the hell do I know, Wayne?
0: No, no I think you're right. Because I look at and that's exactly it. It's You look at that game, you see them scoring five goals. You're thrilled by what they did. Five you know, fantastic goals. They've played some amazing football. And you look at it. And maybe this is just you being... Um, someone who's played with such distinction playing for the club and me who's, who's watched all those years and you look at it thinking there's so much more potential here you know there's something in there to be even better and and yes you could look at it from outside and say well if we had such and such a player but i think like you i think my frustration is and not not really frustration Maybe it's even hope and excitement in a way, but it comes out as frustration at the moment. Is that you know that the potential's there? You know that we've got it within the club to be even better than what we are. And yes, I mean it's a good thing to be looking at this after a five-two win and say no, it could have been seven or eight. Uh, Absolutely, that. Um, But yeah, Martial, um, yeah, it was a great goal, and I think I'm exactly the same as you. Let's see what happens next time out. Um, The last thing, or a couple of things, I guess from the. Bournemouth game the first one was the penalty um, the penalty incident where um, you know Bruno's been taking all the penalties but um, Rashford stepped up and took this one um, a lot of people have come out and said oh um, you know they shouldn't have switched penalty takers again after doing it early on in the season I, th- I felt this time round you know I, th- I could see why because Rashford needed a goal and I, th- I actually thought it was good unity this time round. what do you think
1: no I, th- I agree with that and to be honest, it didn't cross my mind until um you just said that. Rashford took it Rashford took it and I thought it was a But then I thought myself, Hold on a minute, I'm seeing something different here but it never until you said, yeah, Bruno's been taking them, and he's been incredible the way he's taken them. There's never been anything where you, you felt it, or you actually thought to yourself, that was fortunate, because penalties have been absolutely excellent. But now you say that, yeah, Rashford did take it. So yes, in answer to your question, 100% behind that. There was a, there was enough there, and there was that belief. But more importantly, there was unity for him to turn around and say, for us to be... To, for us to go on and be better we need one of our good players to, f- to feel comfortable they're, they're working hard they're getting themselves back fit but more importantly to him for his headspace, he needs a goal yeah. bang go and take it go and have it and he did it there, there wasn't I mean that's the thing about it it was just a case of he's walked up there and gone and done it there wasn't kind of like Anything at all. No one noticed anything as such before it. He virtually must have just a hand sign or the look of the eyes or something, and said, "Go on, go and have it." And he's gone and done it. No fuss. And he's gone. He's gone in the back of the net. Simple. Yeah. And, and that's it. So yes, I understand what people are saying because of what happened before. But then there were there wasn't the same. There wasn't the same personnel. There wasn't the same vibe. It wasn't right. Things. It wasn't right at that given time when we were missing those. When those penalties were being missed, it wasn't right at that time. Within with everything, it was moving forward. It had moved forward, but it wasn't where it is now. So that's the difference. And when things work like that, you have to turn around and you know say, you know pat Ollie on the back and tell him, remind him that he's got, remind him or everyone should be reminded what he's created so far within that club. You, people will only look at results, and people will judge things on results. And the man the man that Ollie who sees as his mentor look for more. The result was always there. He, he will take the result, but he looks on the reasons why he got that result and he built and he looks at things in those situations and he'd look at that and he would be and that's something that he would have been proud of because he knows that he created that because of and what's going on. And one of the things about it when you talk about performances and whatever is that we won a game at Coventry. We won 5-0 at Highfield Road. We got in after the game. The, bo- the boss gave us the biggest rollicking ever, <laughs> so, so, and and Ollie, you know, and as much as Ollie knew they was going to win that game uh, uh, at half time, or sorry, at the first quarter, he knew that he knew that he was going to win it. He, but, but he went down, and he made a point of getting things off his chest about certain individuals, and it took took them forward. I am sure after that game as much as it looked an emphatic victory in the scoreline, and it maybe could have been more for United, the difference was that Bournemouth could have scored more. They, they let themselves down early on. They didn't do the right things at the start of the second half. So he, would have, he wouldn't have been entirely happy with what he's seen. And he will use that to remind the players in the next game about how they just were letting it happen rather than making it happen and finishing the team off. Because these, all the games that United have got left are games they are expected to win. The same as they were last season and obviously pre-lockdown. They was expected to win a certain amount of games with teams they played against. The problem was they wasn't. Yeah. Now, people are looking now and people are going to judge them now because of it now, the situation they're in. Going to look at those games coming up and, again, this is, and going to judge United even more how they go about it. So when you play the weaker teams, you have to go out and when you beat them, you have to beat them well. That's the, that's the difference when you're Manchester United. So that's what people are looking at, how they do it. And, and that's what Ollie's looking for as well. He's looking for them to win the games and actually win, it, win them with ease as well. On the fact of you're far superior and then proving it. Not just playing 60, 70% knowing you're going to win. He'd want them at 100%. Exactly what he wants that Brighton performance for every single game.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the thing, if anyone listens to this and thinks Oh, you've been a little bit cautious, a little bit negative I don't think we are, I think we just like, oh my god, that was brilliant to watch Now let's do it again, especially because, yes, you could argue about the standard of the opposition Other than the fact, you know, um, you can only beat the team that's in front of you yeah. But a, a big factor on that, Paul, and I think, again, let, let's continue giving all praise for this and um, uh, you know we've talked about in the past where can he make a change, but we talk on an individual game basis. We talk after every single game. We say well, what could be better, what could be worse, how could we improve moving forward, and we've debated the merits of switching players. But I think we would both, within that argument, both give a lot of praise and say that we are seeing the benefit of the fact that Ollie has said no. I've I've now picked my team. This is my eleven, and you've got to try and get into it. I mean. It's the first. It's no coincidence for me that this is the first time in third It might be thirteen years that we've kept the same team for three consecutive league games. So that's under Fergie in the two thousand six seven season, right at the kind of stage of what we were now. You know, in terms of well, we need to get a, a, a consistent team back together and and see how they develop, and um, we're in. A similar sort of stage of our sort of team's development. Uh, maybe not similar. Maybe a little bit behind. But I think people could draw the comparison and say it's a fair one. Um, and United have seen the benefits. Three, you know, three games in a row without changing the the um, team. Three games in a row where we've played. Uh, this is in the league, by the way, where we've played fantastic football and scored a lot of goals as well. I mean, and, and that's credit to all. As much as it is credit to the players, as I've given credit to the players, that's massive um, on all these um, in his plus column, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think people might have seen my. I've done a bit. So I do a regular bit for Eurosport, and I turned around and said, "There's people out there who who don't want to say well done to him. Mm. They're willing to come out if he gets if he loses a game and turn around and say he shouldn't be the manager of Manchester United." and there might be good reason for those people who might want to come out and say and maybe he shouldn't be manager but at the moment he is and he's made the, he's made the biggest, biggest impact of any manager since Sir Alex and I don't just mean going by that first, those first games when he, when he went on, initially when he started when he went on that unbeaten run because they were winning those games but they weren't winning them in the manner in which they're winning games now at this moment in time everything was done and you kind of go Great, he was you're going great, but you didn't see enough that belief that it could always go it could always go on. And that's me being a sceptic. I couldn't believe that it was gonna get go, because it was still wasn't right. There was just about getting over the line, it was euphoria that was keeping it going. And I was at a few of those games and the fans were loving it, the Way fans, because it's they were absolutely loving it. But I wonder how, how many of them were 100 percent thinking that it was going to get to where they are now in the fact of where now they really do believe and know that it's going to happen every time they go there that United are going to give an assured performance whatever happens and that's what United are about yes winning games is great it's fantastic but you've got to give out assured Regular performances, and that's what they're doing at this moment in time. A little bit of a wobble, but they'll learn from what happened against Bournemouth in that sense of how to go in those games, how to be in those games, and that would be said to them by the manager. But there is that belief now that they can step forward. In a sense of, can they go and be assured? Would everyone start of next season? Would everyone believe at this moment in time that United will be would get would guarantee Champions League football for the season after? And I have to say, now people will say, without a doubt, United. At this present moment, you would have to say that they could guarantee a top four spot.
0: Yeah, you would say you would say maybe not that City and Liverpool's level, but certainly there's. Debate over whether they're as good as Chelsea. So yeah, but
1: you look at but you can look at Chelsea. You can, and I saw I was at West Ham the other day, and Frank Lampard's got big problems, yeah. centre of defence. He has to sort out and get himself two centre, well at least one centre half he can rely on. He badly needs more of a defensive left back. In that sense, they're crying out for one. He's been cheerwell has been mentioned. I don't think that's a step forward, but they still need it. So they need it. They need something. Set so yourself. But at the moment, they're in a better position than what Chelsea are, and the performances against Chelsea this season, yeah. Ollie's done well as well against Chelsea. They've, you know those games. I was lucky enough to be. I was at the League Cup game. I was there for and I watched, and they were absolutely fantastic that evening. <clears throat> you know, a good game. The League game as well. There, they've done. They've done really, really well. And you think yourself right. Okay, it's Chelsea. What about Spurs? Well, that's enough said about Spurs. You can't see them going forward. It's as simple as that. So you think, so who else is going to be competing now? And I'll tell you what, when you talk about another team competing to get in now, you have to talk about Wolves. Yeah. I would look at Wolves before Spurs. So you think yourself, hold on a minute. Yes, United can go in now. And then you can virtually say that they're going to compete and they're going to get a top four finish, which is a step forward for Ole and Manchester United for people who are out there, the new Manchester United fans the ones who expect Champions League and winning Champions League and winning the league and winning the FA Cup and doing quadruples every single season. Things take time, but if they look back at United prior, posts maybe Twitter and things like that, United were quite successful over a long period of time. And whatever's happened after that it has been little bursts, so things will come around and United will step forward because the foundation of the club now In the sense of the manager has got a lot of things between what's on the pitch and off the pitch. He's got it right at this moment. So it's taken United by. I still think they need a little bit more stability from up top to know what direction the club is going. And if that happens, then everything on the pitch will be a little bit easier for the manager as well. So United can, at this moment in time, compete and be in that top four For the season after, for this time next year, really be in a top four position to guarantee Champions League. This time, (laughs) at this moment in time, now they're pushing towards it very strongly to go and do it. And Leicester and Chelsea are going to both have to work hard to stay in those positions at this moment in time. Because the moment either one of them slips up, United are going to get there because the games they've got left suggest that their performance, the performances so far, absolutely guarantee it.
0: Obviously that game against Leicester shaping up to be a key one as well. Um, but a few to go before that. Um, we'll talk about one of them in a second. But um, just before we talk about the Villa game, Angel Gomez left the club. His contract expired last week and he left on a free transfer. Um, I remember talking to Clayton about this, Clayton Blackmore, um, when I was working on this book. So we're talking like coming up five, four or five years ago and he was saying about... How he thought Angel was good enough to be in the first team then and maybe that s- spoke about the, the quality in the first team at the time um, it's not really happened for him, he's shown flashes when he came on, um, maybe size counted against him a little bit he, maybe he didn't ever yes he was short but I mean maybe his physical stature, he never really looked like he was um, ready to take that step up and play in the first team for United um, no doubt in his. Got a lot of talent. Um, a lot of people now say, "No, oh, United should have, you know, thrown money at him. They should have given him what he wanted." But it's difficult to say that when you see how United are playing, isn't it? You know, it's you look at Mason Greenwood and there's thats the perfect example of a player getting his chance and seizing that opportunity. And you know that came from the same opportunity that Angel Gomez had.
1: Yeah, I think at the end of the day there's a, there's a way that players play in games and maybe Gomez was doing it, you know, for, for under 23s or where. Mostly was, he was shining out there and I'm assuming that maybe Mason Green, Greenwood is as well but there's a way that people do it in a fashion which sometimes a manager can see that maybe say that's a little bit more towards what I'm looking for maybe the academy coach, academy director, whoever it is, maybe as much as Gomez was playing well, he couldn't see him making a difference in that same way he was for him in the first team. And we can talk about it, but if the lad's contracts ran out, there's a reason why, and there's a reason why he he won't sign a new one. And if it's about he wants and believes he can get regular football in the first team somewhere else, that's fine. You can't knock a player for that rather than just signing a contract just to be somewhere and quite happy just to be in the peripheral mm. and content with that rather than actually being somewhere and making a massive impact. So if Gomez is going to use it to go somewhere, you know, not end up at Chelsea as it keeps being written about, or go abroad somewhere and actually go out and play regular first-team football, that's great. I think, go, go and prove it, then you can come back at some point, or someone else, the level of United or around that, will, will mostly go and take it, because you're proving a point that size, you know, is, is not against you. You are a good player, as we've proven, and most of the greatest players we've seen over certain generations have only been, been no bigger than me, and maybe even smaller than me, if, if you were to name them. So go and prove a point. But if he's gone and done that on the fact of money... Because he can get more money somewhere else, because someone is his agent has told him he can get more and you deserve better, then there's a problem. There is a big, big problem that he might just find. Because I'm, ver- I'll be very, very surprised to see a Premier League, a P- Premier League side take him and he plays regularly. To be honest, and what I've seen of him, because he hasn't made an impact when he's coming, I haven't seen enough when he's coming to suggest that. He can go, and he can go straight into any side, and a lot of the other players who have played during the Europa League run, which Ollie has used and he's used them well, because United are still in the competition as well. So that tells you these players have had a lot of time on the pitch, and Ollie's still in the Europa League, so you know fair play to him for that. None of them have really done enough to prove anything. except Green, Greenwood, and sometimes he wasn't in the game, Mason. But, when he, but there's bits that he's done that has actually made Ollie think, and he's come forward. So, Gomez going, it isn't really going to affect, it doesn't affect Manchester United, A young player going, it's all a drama now, there's young players who have left clubs since since the 30th of June, no one's talked about them, but there's going to be one of them that all of a sudden is going to pop up and we go, wow. And everyone will go, oh, why didn't we get him? He finished, contract's finished, why didn't we get him? Yeah. It's because he was a late, because that person mostly was a late bloomer, got a new impetus about himself because he's left that place where he felt nothing was happening. And he's mostly been feeling free now. Someone's taken the shackles off him. He's allowed to go and express himself. Bang. And Then he goes and makes a name for himself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, football is a strange game like that. Yeah. Um, you're going to get Correct. all kinds of different things. Um, last game then, Aston Villa. Um, they were decent against Liverpool in a two-nil defeat. They held them out for a long time. I mean, I remember. I don't know if you've seen the the clips. There's some clips online of um, BT Sports coverage of the United-Bournemouth game when it was one-nil. You know, the the um, first break, the drinks break, and you've got Eddie Howe telling his players, "Enjoy defending, enjoy defending." Um, and I, I get the feeling that that's the kind of message that was put into Villa's mind, and maybe that'll be their sort of. Um, mode of operation against us um, so it's going to be a tough one isn't it I mean they're not they're, 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 they are where they are for a reason but United are still um, going to go there as um, heavy favourites and they're not going to be I'm just saying it's not going to be a straightforward win um, as, as much as United are going to be favourites
1: United can't afford to go and let themselves down after being to go and <clears throat> to lose at Villa Villa Park in a way has been like a little bit of a happy hunting ground for United in certain ways. A lot of successes there in the FA Cup as well in semi-finals. Yeah. So um they should they should be going there and they should be winning. Everything about Villa suggests that United shouldn't be losing that game. They shouldn't really even be conceding the goal because Villa are terrible as an attacking unit. They're terrible. Terrible. Defensively they're not good. They've got no they've got no improvisation or creativity from midfield. They are struggling. They have spent over hundred and fifty million and they've got nothing in return, nothing at all in, in return. And it's like for them, it's like going to buying a bag of sweets, and you love the green ones, but you open the bag up, and there's no green ones in there because they've spent 150 million on nothing. There's no return on investment for what they've gone and spent. So as a team, they've been poor from the moment from the moment the season started. You know, it's everything about Villa for me. <clears throat> I just there's something about Villa. I grew up you know, grew up as a young, you know, I remember in the eighties, you know, they win a you know, they they win, you know, the European Cup and they had incredible. And Villa Park is just one of those grounds I, I love playing at Villa Park. Even sometimes I went there as a Queen's Park Rangers player and it was just it wasn't nowhere near as full, but it was just something about the way that ground seems to be growing over the top of you. It was just like that stand, the main stand, it just seems like it's over the whole tent. It's got something about Villa Park. The problem is the team have got nothing to do with nothing to do with Aston Villa. They are they are seriously, seriously poor. Yeah. And United should not be losing that game against them. There's nothing good I can say about Aston Villa, to be perfectly honest, except they've got a they've got a great ground with great tradition, a legendary legendary ex chairman who has sadly passed, and and that is about Aston Villa really at this moment in time.
0: Yeah. Shell of a club. Um, well, of what they used to be, um, but let's hope we're still saying that next week when we talk about yeah. the United game. Could come back to buyers um, on that one, but yeah, um, yeah, I share I share your optimism, especially if we keep the same team. All um, these doing great things, and um, long may that continue. That sort of sums it up for this week. Um, we do have Southampton next Monday as well. I'm not quite decided whether we'll record on Monday or Tuesday to cover that game. So we'll we'll come to that when it comes. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, give us a nice rating or review on iTunes. If you want to submit questions or topics for us to discuss on next week's show or any show really, just use the hashtag Talking Devils on Twitter or contact either of us on on social media or Talk of the Devils on social media as well. Um, that's it for this week, guys. We'll be back next week.